Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we highlight people and organizations who are doing great things. Our goal is to share information that will help you make informed decisions. We also want to inspire you by sharing impactful stories of how people are making a difference in our community with the hope that you'll want to share the information and perhaps make some kind of impact yourself in some way. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations at EIG. I was doing some research for today's show and came across some interesting and some disturbing statistics. See if you know what I'm talking about as I share these, because chances are you or someone you know and love is or has been affected in some way by these stats. There's approximately 16 million Americans aged 20 and plus who have had some form of this condition, men more so than women by about 2%. But it's interesting to note that women are more likely to die from this because it's potentially ignored or misdiagnosed. Someone in the U.S. dies every 34 seconds because of this, with an estimate of about 18 million each year. Direct and indirect costs related to this condition are about $407 billion, and that's as of 2019, the last stat I was able to find. About $250 billion in direct costs and about $155 billion in lost productivity and, and mortality. Chronic insomniacs might find this interesting. For every one hour a night decrease in sleep below the estimated seven to eight hours recommended, is associated with 6% higher risk of this condition. But get this though, one hour increase over the recommended seven to eight hours is associated with a 12% increase. Most conditions can be prevented with healthy, healthy lifestyle choices, yet it's still the leading cause of death in the United States. So what are we talking about today? CVD cardiovascular disease, defined as a group of disorders of the heart and blood vessels. So given all these stats, of which there are a ton more, don't you think that this is something worth talking about and making sure everyone you know is aware of the information? Here to talk more about the importance of heart health is my first guest today, Dan Trechel, Marketing and Communications Director for the American Heart Association. Welcome to the show today, Dan. Thanks for having me, Jill. You're welcome. So staggering statistics, um, uh, and, and uh, I'm sure you, you're aware, well aware of all of those, plus many, many more. Uh, and obviously the AHA has answers to uh, a lot of those things. But start out by telling us why you uh, decided to be a part of the American Heart Association. You know, I, I spent uh, 28, 28 years of my life in the news media, and uh, working as a news reporter and was looking to transition out and also keep my skill set that that had me as a news reporter. And when the American Heart Association position opened up, I mean, it's a global logo, a global brand, and the work that we do is so important. Um, And so I was really honored to have the shot 
to join the staff as the marketing communication director, use my skill set as a reporter to get our story out there. That's what I do every day. Try to tell the stories of the HA, try to tell the survivor stories, try to promote the HA, get our brand out there as much as I can in the media. Um, so now I work with the media instead of being in the media. So it's been kind <laughs> You're of on a, the other side. <clears throat> I'm on the other side. So it's, <laughs> but it's been a good fit for me. I've been here since April of 2022. And uh, it takes about 18 months or so to get your feet under you. I'm getting closer. My feet are almost under me. But uh, <laughs> the work that we do every day is so important. Um, it's, it, it, we have s- such an uh, a important role to play uh, across the country. Um, obviously, I'm focused on Milwaukee, but we are global. And um, Well, tell, tell us the mission. Talk the, to us about the AHA mission. You know, now, again, most people would say, oh, we know what sure. it is. But it's helpful to share uh, with everybody, what exactly is that that mission that AHA defines? I mean, I, I think our mission statement, you know, it, it, it says it all. You know, just to read word for word what it is, it's our, our mission statement is to be a relentless force for a world of longer, healthier lives. So we're trying to promote ways that we can live healthier, ways that we can live longer um, through our through the funding that we get from all of our. Uh, donations, our events, uh, that we can fund science, that we can continue to hopefully eradicate CBD. Um, that's the goal, that no, nobody will suffer from this. Um, so we're going to, we stay, we're relentless is what we are, you know, and so that's the goal. And it's a, it's a big task, obviously, but we, we try to give people the tools. And I hear that a lot because um, one of my jobs is to work with events that we do. And a lot of times our speakers will say, you know, these are the tools that the HA is giving us. We need to use them. We just recently had our Hard Hats with Heart event, and they, they talk about that with their construction people. You know, we, the HA has given us the tools on how to live healthier. Now we have to do it. Okay, so uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with some of the different events that you do out in the community, but you want to give us a little brief overview of some of them? Yeah, we have four big ones. We have the Heart Ball in February, which coincides with Heart Month. We have the Go Red for Women Luncheon in May. Um, And then we we just had our, uh, during the summer months, we have our Hard Hats event, and then we transition to our fine, I mean, we're on the fiscal year, but in the fall, it's always the Heart and Stroke Walk, which is uh, down in the Milwaukee Lakefront. So each one of those events has a little bit of a different theme a little bit of a different style to it Uh, the heart walk is outside with thousands of people walking for whatever reason they're walking for be walking for a loved one walking for themselves walking just to raise money walking because they want to stay healthy Um, the the heart ball is our I I call our heart ball kind of the Super Bowl event of our four because it's uh, it's in where it's in uh, heart month which is our Super Bowl capital S capital B Super Bowl that's the big month for the heart association uh, the go red for women luncheon is a fa- fabulous event that was rebranded this last year and I thought it was a great success and we're going to continue to build that and our hard hats event is very unique it's 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 geared completely towards the construction industry and they have their own set of situations in their industry with bad healthy habits and or unhealthy habits not bad healthy but unhealthy that they recognize that that is a stressful job they're out in the heat they're out in the cold they have to work long hours they don't eat right they don't exercise right and so we try to help them out so those are the four big ones we have other little offshoot ones but those are the four biggies those are the main mm-hmm. the main ones and i imagine that you have volunteers to help you with all these events as well oh right? uh, we couldn't do it without our volunteers i mean we are our volunteers whether it's in the schools with our youth market whether it's at our events whether it's folks we have on our boards on our um the milwaukee aha board is full of volunteers uh, our advocacy board is all volunteer we need our volunteers. Our volunteers are our lifeblood, no doubt about it. Well, and I think every nonprofit would agree that 
if they want to do their best work, they need to rely on their on their volunteers. And that means volunteers of all kinds, right? No matter what you do, big or small, if you're donating your time to help out in whatever way the nonprofit needs, uh, it can be a game changer. In the next segment, we're actually going to talk with a longtime American Heart Association volunteer and board member, and she's going to share her experience of how she's making a difference. So we'll be right back after a short commercial break. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Dan Dan Trutchell from the American Heart Association, and we're joined by Cindy Milgram, volunteer and board member for the American Heart Association. Thanks for joining us today, Cindy. Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Uh, I had read read, uh, quite a many number of years ago that sharing stories is 22 times more memorable than facts alone. And so, yes, I was giving you facts at the beginning. I think they're staggering facts, but there's nothing that can really hit home like a story of impact, right? What is it about the American Heart Association that tugs at your heart? For me, it's the support I've gotten as a survivor. Once you get that traumatic diagnosis, you want to be able to find people that can help you get through it, work through it, and see the survival aspect at the end, that now I can I can pay it back. I can help raise awareness for cardiovascular disease, my condition in particular, but I can also help engage people in, in eradicating this disease. So you're a survivor yourself. Yes. Um, how long ago? Two years. So that that's helpful, I think, for people hearing, too, you know, how far out after diagnosis. Um, what drew you to the American Heart Association, then, as a place to tell your story? I always thought heart disease was the, the typical stereotype, a certain age, a certain lifestyle, a certain body, a certain build. It wasn't on my radar at all. And so when I got the diagnosis, I really didn't have a network in which to work with to draw support from. And you talk about telling your story. Telling your story for a survivor is very therapeutic. Oh, I imagine. So I appreciate the opportunity today. Okay. Uh, and so you're, you're a volunteer. You're on the board. Uh, and you became even more involved on other levels within the organization, correct? Yes. I've had an opportunity to do share my story publicly. I was a, quite an advocate on our Go Red for Women Day this, this past February, where I've got to share my story across multiple networks, as well as give a, a, a talk on, on how my story came to be and, and the outcome. I was able to share it at great length. So you've been on other media outlets uh, sharing your story of impact and encouraging others along the way? Absolutely. What had happened was two years ago, I went in for an annual physical. I felt great. I was completely healthy, going to see a new doctor for the first time, and she heard a heart murmur. She asked me if I was told I had a heart murmur, and I had never been told that. And heart disease does not run in my family. So out of an abundance of caution, she sent me for some, for some tests, which I thought nothing of because I was asymptomatic. I had nothing, nothing to fear. So I went the following week and had an echocardiogram. Before I got home and pulled into my garage, the hospital was calling. I needed to come back the next day to see the cardiologist. Oh and I said, um, let me check my calendar and see if tomorrow works for me. And the, the nurse on the phone said, it's not a question, it's a statement. You will be the last person the cardiologist sees. He'll be waiting for you. Oh, my goodness. And I said, okay, again, okay, great. So I'll be there. So I should show up the next day at 4 o'clock, and, and I meet with him, and he tells me what, what he sees on the echocardiogram, and I've got leakage in my mitral valve. So I have mitral valve regurgitation. What that means is the mitral, mitral valve has leaflets that close, 
And mine, not only did they not close, typically one leaflet stays open. For mine, both leaflets were, were stuck in the open position. So the blood was flowing back and forth at a rapid pace. So I had severe uh, mitral valve regurgitation. Wow. The doctor had said, because I was asymptomatic, my ejection fraction rate was still very high, which was good, but there was concern with the severe regurgitation that I had. So he ordered more testing. So I went for an internal um, echocardiogram, a TEE, a couple of weeks later. And he said, when you have this procedure done, the doctor will tell you exactly what's wrong before you leave the hospital. He'll explain it to you. Oh, that's nice. That's what I thought. This is fantastic. So I took my husband with me. We do the test. They wake me up from the test. And I said to the doctor, like, well? And he said, I'm going to let your cardiologist tell you. Mm. Okay. Again, didn't really phase me because I was asymptomatic. I felt great. There were no problems. So my cardiologist called me at home that night. Now, I say my cardiologist. I've only met him once. And he said that it was worse than they thought, that I have um, mitral valve regurgitation from both leaflets being open. So I have mitral valve prolapse that's categorized as Barlow's disease, which happens to 10% of patients that have mitral valve regurgitation. And he said that I was now above his pay grade. He had to send me down to the valve team. There was nothing he could do for me. So I went the next week to meet with the valve team who went through my actual diagnosis and talked about repair versus replacement. Uh, what could happen to me once I get in and do surgery. And as I'm asking these questions, which I know nothing about, my disease, I'm trying to put, put all the pieces together. We talked about his success rate and then if he would do surgery now or wait. And he said, well, we could wait. Well, that didn't make any sense to me because every phone call I'd gotten was come in the next right. day, come in the next day, come in the next day. So I went for a second opinion. Second opinion said, agreed with everything except we should do surgery now. Mm. So I went to the internet and started doing some research like everybody does when you get a diagnosis you don't understand. Um, And I started to find experts in the industry, in the field, and I went for a third opinion. And it wasn't until I walked in for that third opinion to a physician who was a master of his craft, but also knew my story, was able to answer every question I have, completely put my mind at ease, and I knew he was going to be my surgeon. Mm. So there's power of of, um, preventative medicine in my story, but diagnosis to discharge from the hospital was 90 days. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, it makes me think about that stat about women um, that that I found on the internet when I started doing some research that so often women are misdiagnosed or you know mistreated or they they just don't think that it's what it is. Oh, which, that's absolutely a fact for yeah. for women when they come in and, and and present those symptoms. It can be anxiety. It can be depression. It can be it's stressful. Oh, you have children. Oh, that's what it is. Right. Not or to women worry. issues, right? Absolutely. Yeah, which and it's, there are a ton of those, right? <laughs> absolutely. That's another show. Right. That's another podcast. <laughs> um, but there's there's real value in women understanding their bodies and being their best advocate. I'm glad I had a second and a third opinion. I'm glad I had options. Mm. I know a lot of women don't or they don't take advantage of it. They don't take their condition seriously. I didn't have a choice. I wanted to live. I wanted to figure out what was going on and uh, know that I was going to be okay. And you have a success story to share. I do. So that's so great. Well, within the recent few weeks and months, you've also been involved in American Heart Association's advocacy efforts. Yes. Um, One focus locally in the next fiscal year is cardiac emergency response plans. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. I am a former board member for a local school district, and it was important for us to have a cardiac emergency response plan in that our goal is to have everybody that's in our building, students, staff, and visitors, be there safely. 
God forbid there ever be an incident. We want to make sure that people that are there are trained on how to respond, whether they're a bystander and have to do hands-only CPR, whether it's somebody who's making the call, somebody that knows how to use an AED, which AEDs are very user-friendly. They walk you through exactly what you need to do, but at least know where they are located in the building. And I'm sure you have examples of different things, different ways that you've used some of these some of these different cardiac emergency response plans, right? Uh, they are <clears throat> they are in the works. We're, okay. It's it's on the ground floor right now, uh, but it is making its way uh, through our advocacy committee, and uh, we're going to be working hard on it this year to get it. We what we want is everyone to have a plan. Hands only CPR is what we what we teach. It's what we it's what we train people to do, and it's very simple. Um, Hands only CPR is basically two steps. If someone goes down. Someone calls nine one one. Someone else. Get your hand in the middle of the chest and start pumping and start getting that that flow going through. We used to worry about breaths. We don't do that anymore. Get on the chest and start. You, you have to start pumping and and we have to have a plan. You know we have to have a plan in place, and and to ensure that everyone has a role, that they know what they're doing to save that life. And so you have um, a community impact team, correct? Yes. That implements these SERP. Yep, and there, and that's yeah. We have, that's another branch of the of the AHA. We have development people, we have youth market people, we have communications people, we have CI people across the state because the AHA has markets. We have a market in Madison and uh, Milwaukee here in Wisconsin, and so that is yeah. The, we're all working hand in glove to try to get this pushed through the legislation. The legislators is that's where we're at right now with that. So I know that there are AEDs in different schools, and mm-hmm. so Cindy, you're advocating for Richmond, right? Yes. To, to get it in there if it isn't already. Um, I know that we at Allen Becker have done lunch and learns with American Heart Association to uh, educate us so that, again, God forbid something happens to a client or if we have an event and something is, is happening, um, you always want to be as prepared as you can as you can be, right? Well, and every minute counts. They talk about, you know, mm-hmm. hands-only CPR. If you can get compression started within the first three minutes, that can double and triple your survival rate. That's what you want to hear. When you look at what happened to DeMar Hamlin on the NFL, every minute made a difference. Absolutely. And, and to follow up on Cindy's stat there, every minute that goes by when someone is not being treated with CPR, their chance of survival goes down 10% mm-hmm. every minute. So without that quick action of DeMar Hamlin, obviously he happened to have his incident with many trainers, many EMS people, but they were so fast and they knew you, if you watch back on that, on what happened, you watch them, they are working quickly to get that young man, the treatment that he needed. And now he's back playing professional football again. He's a remarkable story. It is an amazing story. And I think, again, that speaks to awareness, information. I mean, if we're not informed of what to do in this situation, it could have dire consequences. It could. Um, and a CERP yeah. plan makes Damar Hamlin's outcome an outcome that is achievable for everybody. As bad as that Damar Hamlin thing was, what it did was it really brought global awareness to what we're doing at the AHA because every communications uh, director across the re- across the country was bombarded with media requests the next day, myself included. But what it did is every newscast for the next couple days had the American Heart Association out in front, hands-only CPR out in front. Now DeMar has become a spokesperson for the American Heart Association on a national level. He's working with our CEO. It's helped raise more awareness. It put CPR back on the front page. Yeah. And you know, th- it seems like, unfortunately, that's how it works, mm-hmm. that there's a crisis that people respond to 
um, even though we know these stats that I read at the beginning of the show, those have been around for a while. I mean, people are aware that AHA is out there, but I don't know that they are aware of all the different ways that you're making a difference, all the different programs, and that you can be an advocate for your school or for your place of business and and get that in there. Um, Well, we're going to move on to our next segment shortly, but before we do, Cindy, do you have a a call to action, or what would you want our listeners to take away from your story, um, anything that you want to share? Absolutely. A goal of mine is for everybody to learn hands-only CPR. It's not a hard thing like Dan alluded to. It is two steps, and then that positive outcome can be realistic for you or or one of your loved ones, whoever you're with. And then we do have the Heart and Stroke Walk coming up. We would love to have as many people out there join us. We're raising funds, but we're also raising awareness. And so give us the best way for people to seek out that information, a website, Facebook page. What's the best place to go for that? If you go to heart.org, that is that is where everything you can find everything you need there. And if you're looking for hands-only CPR, um, which we have all kinds of resources on there, how you can get trained, where we have classes. So if you go to that page, you'll be able to find everything you need. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story, Cindy. Thank you. Um, And if you're listening today and um, you've just been hit by Cindy's story, or you know of somebody that maybe is just uh, thinking that there's something wrong, uh, you really want to step up and, and go in and, and get yourself checked out. Uh, if it's nothing, great. But for what we've learned from Cindy's story is you may feel great, you may think everything is fine, and you might be blindsided by, by something that uh, that you didn't expect. But great uh, bottom line in that you're, uh, you've, you've, you've had success and that you're here to, to talk about it. So that's wonderful. Um, Dan shared with us some of the programs that uh, the American Heart Association is implementing, and Cindy shared her story of impact and and how she's involved, so thank you for that. Now we're going to find out a little more about how American Heart Association is working in the schools and how a local school and its students are getting involved in the action. So we'll be right back after a short commercial break. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations. And my next guest today is Lisa Schweitzer, School Development Director with the American Heart Association. Welcome to the show today, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Happy you're to be here. Welcome. We're w- you're welcome, and we're happy to have you here. Um, tell us first, Lisa, your, what's your why for coming to the American Heart Association? So I um, actually have been with the American Heart Association for 25 years. This is my first job out of college. Wow. Yeah, I wanted a job where I knew I was making a difference, and I really wanted to work with kids. And so when the um, school development position opened up, I felt like it was, you know, best of both worlds. Absolutely. And so give us a little bit of information about what you do. Yeah, so my role at the American Heart Association is I work with about 100 schools throughout southeast Wisconsin to um, promote our Kids Heart Challenge service learning program. And so Kids Heart Challenge is an educational service learning program that focuses on physical and emotional well-being of our students. It's a K through, uh, Kids Heart Challenge is K through five, and then we have American Heart Challenge, which is for middle and high school students. And so we offer a ton of free teacher resources when schools partner with us that really um, 
reinforce what the classroom teachers are already teaching. And we have health and wellness materials that touch on every single subject in the school. And, you know, through Kids Heart Challenge, students are encouraged to complete a series of series of activities with their family members. So I love that part of it. They're learning how to be healthier in school, but they get to take that message home and share with parents, grandparents, et cetera. So some of those activities would be learning handling CPR, learning the warning signs of a stroke, uh, moving more, getting in enough exercise, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, et cetera. So through the Kids Heart Challenge, we're really building um, AHA students for life. And uh, back in the day, my kids did jump rope for heart. That's what it used to be called for, for us. Um, and it was exciting to have them come home and reiterate some of that information. You know, did you know that, you know, this, that, or the other thing? Or, um, and to get the whole family involved in, in the project, which I think is important. Um, why do you think it's so important for schools specifically to participate in the Kids Heart Challenge? You know, I just think it's a valuable lesson for kids to be a part of, right? It teaches them to um, be a part of something bigger than themselves. You know, they have an opportunity to make a difference in the communities surrounding them. I love that because what that's a great way for kids to understand that even the littlest thing that they do can have a massive impact. And you start them young and, I, and they get that message, hopefully. So, yeah, what's, what's the number one takeaway that you hope schools and families will gain by participating in the KHC? You know, there are so many great takeaways. It's really hard to choose one. Um, students gain a better understanding of community service. They gain leadership skills. They learn citizenship and teamwork. Um, you know, students gain a better understanding of, they're really having fun while learning about taking care of their own hearts and helping others who maybe were born with sick hearts. Um, I think the greatest takeaway is the chance right now, like Dan and Cindy had mentioned earlier, is we're really promoting hands-only CPR in the schools. A thousand people go into cardiac arrest each and every day in this nation, and 90% of those happen outside of the hospital, and less than 20% survive. So I know in the elementary school setting, our kiddos don't, they're not strong enough to do hands-only CPR but we're teaching them the new stop, drop, and roll right now, where if somebody were to go into cardiac arrest, they could tell somebody or they could call 911 themselves, mm. and they could teach someone else how to do hands-only. Um, just this past year, we had a student named Phil where he had participated in Kids Heart Challenge and took the information home to his grandma. Not even a week later, somebody had collapsed in their church. Phil nor his grandma knew anything about hands-only CPR before that happened. And Phil instructed his grandma to push hard and fast on mm -hmm. that person's chest, and they saved a life. So that in itself, I think, is um, amazing when schools work with us to get that message out because I want a community, life, community of lifesavers should anything ever happen to me or anyone in my family. Oh, yeah. And I, I like what you said about making learning fun. So kids are really learning an important skill, whether they realize it or not, they're having fun. I mean, my kids were like, yeah, we're doing this jump rope for hard and gym, and it's really fun. But, yeah, you're really learning a wonderful life skill. And to be constantly um, – 
educated. Like, again, uh, we were talking about in one of the previous segments that it used to be when you were doing CPR, you had to think about breaths and you had to think about, you know, the mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, you know, all these other things. And But Dan was saying that really it's just it's just pumping with your hands. I mean, and, and most everybody can do that, obviously. Like you said, a child isn't going to be able to, to do it appropriately on an adult. But just understanding what the process is to instruct somebody else, that's a great story. That's a right. great story. Right. I imagine every start to a school year brings with it big plans, right? Um, what plans does the American Heart Association have for the Kids Heart Challenge this year? And, yes. and every year, actually. Every year we have a theme with the Kids Heart Challenge. I have a lot of volunteers who are calling me up. Hey, let me know what is the theme this year. They want to know. Last year we had dragons, we've had dogs, we've had ducks, etc. So I think that is um, something that's exciting for our volunteers each and every year. Um, this year we have a super cute birthday bash theme in honor of the Heart Association's uh, 100th anniversary. And so, as Dan had mentioned earlier, we have officially partnered with Damar Hamlin and the NFL. And we're going to bring that to the schools. We have something um, that's called Finn's Mission through the Kids Heart Challenge where kids are completing seven activities, one of which is to learn the hands-only CPR. So this year, every student that completes Finn's Mission, they are going to be entered into a drawing to win a trip for two to the 2025 um, NFL Super Bowl. So Super Bowl 2025, two students will be lucky just for learning hands-only CPR. So I'm, I'm, that's a big incentive. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know our, our students and staff will be really excited to, to, um, use, utilize that and help motivate people to do hands-only CPR. Absolutely. Holy cow. Well, how can schools listening to the show get involved with the kids heart challenge? Um, if you go to our website, heart.org slash schools, there'll be a search engine where you can um, input your school information and reach out or just reach out to your local AHA representative directly. Um, on our web pages, we have each youth market director, each school development director on there where principals and staff can reach out to us to get involved. And we will be making some school visits here. We always make it a point to stop in and introduce ourselves throughout the school year. So um, we'll probably be in your school sooner than later. Okay. If someone wants to get their school on that list, do they just say, you know... Me, come, come and visit us. Yeah, come and visit us. Super they can request simple. it. Okay, yes, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Okay, um, I believe Lisa that you're a parent, right? Yes. Um, from a parent perspective, what do you love most about this kids' heart challenge? I think from a parent perspective, it is so important for our kids to learn how to give back. They they need to be involved with something bigger than themselves. They need to. Um, encompass what it's like to be a part of a community and making a difference. And so I love the Kids Heart Challenge, again, because it's fun. It's a, It provides a sense of tradition. I have some schools that have participated for 47 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I participated myself. I still remember Mr. Nelson, my physical education teacher that brought us down to the gym, and, um, you know, we had a blast. And so I... I um I just love when schools and like when principals like Mr. Monday actually allow their school to participate um, so that our kids can gain that experience. You know, there's some schools that say no on behalf of the parents. So I really appreciate as a parent having the choice to see if this is a service learning program program that's good for our family. 
Okay. Well, up next, we're actually going to talk with a local principal who has been involved with the Kids Heart Challenge as an educator for a number of years, and we're going to get his unique perspective. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations, and I'm talking in our last segment today with Lisa Schweitzer from the American Heart Association. And joining us in the conversation is school principal from Dousman Elementary, Jeremy Monday. So thanks for joining us today, Jeremy. Yep, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So I feel like I need to call you Mr. No, Monday. No, not necessary. Oh, okay. Is it okay? Okay. I'm <laughs> it's out okay. of school, so I, you know, it's no disrespect if I call you Jeremy. Not, not at all. Okay. Tell us uh, about why you've gotten your school involved uh, in the Kids Heart Challenge. Yeah. It, so it's a great program, obviously. Um, when I came to Delsman about 10 years ago, I think I'm starting my 10th year here, uh, the program was already well established with the, the jump ropes at back then it was as jump ropes for heart um and our FIED teacher mr burak was something that he had been doing for several several years before i came and it's an interesting story he came as we were getting to know each other he came came into my office one day he said you know we have this program jump rope for heart it's part of the uh, american heart association We've done it for a long time. I just want to make sure you're okay with us doing it. And I, I kind of laughed. I'm like, of, of course, you know, this is a, is there know, a question. <laughs> yeah. Is there, you know, would anybody say no? Why, why would, why would anybody say no to something like that? So it's kind of, kind of funny when Lisa and I talked about, um, talked about like where it all got started at, you know, at Dousman and things like that. And I said, well, it's, it's been here forever. It's been part of the, the, the Dousman and the Kettle Moraine school district community, um, it's in every one of our schools, uh, whether it's elementary, middle, or high school. They, we we work with the AHA. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a great, just a great program. Okay. And so looking ahead, what are some of your health and wellness goals for your students and staff? So we have been doing wellness goals uh, as part of our mission and vision with with the district for a long time. Coming out of COVID, there's a lot more emphasis, um, thankfully, with social emotional learning and 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 wellness, not just physical wellness, but um, mental wellness as as well. Um, we that's again has been part of what we do. We do set wellness goals. Kids write their own goals through FIED class. They have fitness goals that they do. That we use the Pacer test. Um, I think it's it's kind of been an evolution. Back when we were in school, we had the president's physical fitness program oh, you remember, remember back that. yes 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 back then um mm-hmm. and it's now we you know all of our schools use we call it the pacer test they kids take the test three times a year uh beginning to get a baseline and then they they set a goal and then they take it again in the winter time uh, middle of the middle of the school year and see where they adjust their goals based on where they're at and then they do it again at the end of the year so that's it's part of their FIED class and their physical education, but then the, the parents obviously are shared, you know, that information shared with them. That's part of their, their FI, as far as their, their FIED grades go, their, their goals. Um, but then the teachers reinforce all of that as well. We do what we call Wellness Wednesdays at, at our school, 
where kids are doing extra. Um, it's not just re during recess time, not just during FIAD time, but we go out of our way during whether it's during a morning meeting or um, at, at some point throughout the day where the teachers um, take and we do the wellness activity. And it's just a quick five, 10 minute activity and it's ch it changes every week um, just to keep them interested and, and engaged. Um, but it's something that tells them how important their heart health is. Exactly, right? you know, exactly. And, I, and then the kids, again, can take that home mm -hmm. and share with their parents. And, we, our, and our teachers, our staff also have to, have to you know, that's part of their, their goals as they well. They, too, they have to huh? participate as well. Everybody in the okay. building um, gets, a, gets, gets a, a fair share at, at becoming, you know, healthier and, and, and with a focus on wellness. Well, as it should be, right? Mm -hmm. um, one of our gals here at EIG, Ashley Olson, our office manager, uh, she was going to participate in the interview today with her little, uh, her, her daughter, mm -hmm. and have her daughter share what it's like to, to do these programs. And it's fun to just have a, a ch to hear the stories of the kids coming home and how excited they are about being involved in the program and, and just having little opportunities for them to make a difference and, and the feeling that they get from that and they can build on that, which is so nice. And the kids, the kids look forward to it so much every bet, year. They, yeah. you know, they know they, they're, they're bugging me. They're bugging their teachers are bugging Mr. Burak. Hey, when is, when are we doing, when are we doing the, the jump ropes thing and where we get to, you know, learn about the heart and heart healthy and, um, they're ready for it. And it's really neat to see kids that some kids that are, they get super involved and super engaged, aren't engaged in some other, mm -hmm. you know, they, some kids that are struggling, um, you would never expect them to be as motivated because they're maybe not, not as motivated in other areas. And they really, Lisa and I were looking at some of our stats. She was showing me our, our top kids from, from, um, last year that, that participated. And I was, I was very pleasantly surprised that, you know, I'm like, wow, that's that's really cool that you know that so you, things like this you know it, you, you never know who it's going to connect with and right. you never you know and and so and it's making it's making a big difference so. well there's something uh buzzword in academia called service learning mm -hmm. uh, what's your philosophy on that and how that relates so that's we talked about in some earlier segments where you're trying to give back you're, you're trying to, you know, it's, it's not just about you. And that's a big lesson that, that we as a society, I think we can all agree that we need to do better, um, better with that. It's not just, you know, you're not the center of the universe. There are, are other, and, and how you feel about yourself uh, can directly relate to how you engage with your community, how you engage with your family, your friends. Um, and if it's in a positive way, you're going to, you're going to feel that, um, and so we try to teach that with our kids. We use um, habits of mind. There's 16 habits of mind that we look at to try and emphasize um, with our students. And we don't do it all at one time. But one of those one of those habits of mind is um, listening and understanding with empathy. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about you know how can we put ourselves in other people's situations and things like um, the American Heart Association and the, the Kids Heart Challenge help help us. It gives them real life examples and real life opportunities to demonstrate some of that and it's really neat to see some of that then parlay into other areas oh, for sure. um, we have kids you know coming off of that to say you know we we raise this money for american heart association what if i 
wanted to raise money for you know a, a, a different service project. And it's it's really neat seeing some of the kids, some ideas they've had as they come into the office, you know, throughout the years. Hey, I want to try to do. Um, I want to collect uh, food and I want to collect clothes and lightly use books for you know this this. Um, uh, rescue mission that my family's involved with Isn't and and they get to come in and yeah. and and be and have um and get their classmates and their school involved we've had you know we work a lot with haws the humane society and the kids love i mean animals everybody loves animals right so it's another area where they see themselves as as making a difference you yeah. know they might only be six seven eight years old right, but they, they right. still get to make a difference they're young philanthropists mm-hmm. <laughs> philanthropists in the making that's wonderful uh, from an administrator standpoint now, uh, what do you think is the most important takeaway for students and families that participate in the Kids Heart Challenge? That's a great question. I think it's uh, there. There's a lot there. Um, listening to the to the conversation today, I think I, what I'm what I'm going to take. How about I change the question a little bit? Sure. What I'm going to take away today is is the you know the hands um, hands only CPR. You know, I I, I think. To, to come back and to talk about this with our kids in our school um, and really set those goals high because I think it, it really does make – in my mind, you know, we train staff members in CPR. Not everybody gets trained, um, but that's that's something you know, like why not? You know, I think about that all the time. Well, why aren't we doing this? This is so simple. It's inexpensive. Right, it's like right. this, this – it doesn't make sense to me that we wouldn't just – universally do this you know we do our fire drills every month we do active uh, you know in you know critical incident training you know with our kids and it, the, the really cool thing is you know, like whether it's a fire drill whether it's a you know severe weather tornado drill whether it's unfortunately um you know an active shooter or those types of drills that are happening in our in our schools you know mandated and we have to do that we have to practice and our kids understand it starting in you know at our school 4k 5k you know, they get substitute teachers in and we're doing a drill and it's no big deal because our kids are teaching, you know, they tell the adults if they don't, if they're not part of our community on a day-to-day basis, they inform them of what's going on. Similar to the story about the young man with his grandma in church. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's, you know, the kids, we have a lot that we can learn from our kids and, and they have a lot to share and we just have to give them, give them that voice um, to be able to communicate that. Okay. Well, speaking of sharing, if there's a school or a teacher out there that is like, yeah, I think we need to really step up our game here, would you be willing to talk with them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So if someone wants to reach out to you, Mr. Monday, principal of Dousman Elementary, uh, what is your contact information? Uh, You can just email me, um, mondayj, so M-O-N-D-A-Y-J, at K-M-S-D, Kettle Marine School District, dot E-D-U. Okay. And Lisa, if you can give our audience one more time contact information for the American Heart Association. Yeah, if you go to heart.org slash schools, you should be able to register or reach out to us, and then the local director will contact that person. And I just want to add that back when it was Jump Rope for Heart, 99.9% of our volunteers were PE teachers. And we have really evolved and taken the Kids Heart Challenge outside of the gym. Most of the schools still do it with, you know, have PE teachers as volunteers, as volunteers. But I have principals that love doing our Wellness Week with us through the Kids Heart Challenge. I have classroom teachers or parents that are passionate about heart health. So um, really anybody can volunteer with us at the school to help implement a Kids Heart Challenge. 
Okay. And the website is? Heart.org slash schools. Okay. Well, that's straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank all my guests today, Dan Trechel, Cindy Milgram, and Lisa Schweitzer, representing the American Heart Association, and Jeremy Monday, Mr. Monday, <laughs> principal at Dousman Elementary. I appreciate you all sharing how you're making the heart a priority in more ways than one. So thank you all for, for being here today. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, you can reach out to the American Heart Association directly. And if you know of a great organization doing great work in our community that you think would be a great guest for the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. I encourage you to tune in next Sunday morning at 10 to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making our community a great place to work and play. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. You can also visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows, and you can also listen on demand, which means Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. Chances are that you or someone you know and love is or has been affected in some way by CVD, cardiovascular disease. Give some thought to how you might want to support or honor that person. Our guests have shared today many ways that you can make a difference and have a significant impact, whether that's by donating, volunteering, advocating for the American Heart Association, or by implementing one of their many programs in your place of business or your school. I'm sure any way that you choose to support would be appreciated. And in so doing, you'll have found a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Thank you for listening today and have a great day.